What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Tuesday, September 17th, 2013. You guys are listening to episode 127. Holy shit, I'm doing this on Tuesday because, well, I was uh, in Texas for a couple of days with... uh, couple of buddies and it got nuts and then I uh, flew in on Sunday and went from the airport to the Giants game and got home late and um, yesterday I had to do a, a writing thing and I will explain everything but anyways um, here I am Tuesday got a great show for you uh, my voice is a little hoarse because of the uh, absolute madness and mayhem that was last weekend and uh, I'm ready to go, ready to go here. I'm hoping my afternoon uh, is going to be better than my morning. My morning was absolutely brutal. My morning was fucking, it, it couldn't have been worse, okay? And I, and it was going well. It was going well. I went to bed really late last night because I was, I was writing something. I was working on something. And then, uh, you know, kids went to sleep. My wife had to take care of the kids last night because I was, I was doing some work until like 3 o'clock in the morning. I get to bed and we just bought this new mattress. Okay, we bought this new mattress and it changed it changed my life. Um, it is a Tempur-Pedic Rhapsody. I spent like a ton of money on this thing and it's hard. It's, it's like a hard mattress, but it's the foam. So like it goes down. So if you're laying on your side... It like takes away the pressure point, like it, it eases all the pressure points on your hips and your back. Really great. So I come home from Texas and I'm able to lay on this bed and my back's already feeling better. I got that disc problem that I had in, you know, a long time ago in the 90s and, and you know, I didn't have to have surgery, but you know, with physical therapy and, and you know, all kinds of, you know, s- stretching, I didn't, I didn't have to go under the knife. However, uh, I do have to, you know, watch what I do. I can't, you know, do basketball, which I do and hurt it continuously. But the mattress we had was just like sinking in and we spent a lot of money on it at Macy's years ago. Mattress goes bad and we get this new mattress and I'm all psyched. I'm sleeping in it for like the second night. My back is already feeling better and wake up and the house is absolutely freezing cold freezing cold so I'm going why is the house so cold my wife is like Paul you got to get up and check the you know the oil you know we might be out of oil we have no hot water so the house is cold so I'm it's like seven o'clock I went to bed at three my daughter who usually sleeps late she's up because she hears all this stuff going on she got to call these people they got to come and they got to give us more oil and I get up and I'm in nothing but my underwear, and I'm freezing cold walking around the house, and my son's all happy and talking to me, and my daughter's up, and my wife is like in like go mode, but also like yelling out shit that needs to be done, which annoyed me because I can't stand morning people, and not that she's a morning person, but anybody like happy, good to go in the morning just annoys me, like those people fucking, I can't stand it, but she wasn't like happy, so I wasn't annoyed, but she was just in like go mode, and I had just woken up abruptly. And there's nothing worse than that. Nothing worse than waking up abruptly to somebody either shouting out demands or waking up abruptly to somebody really happy going, hey, we're going to have a great day. It's it's absolutely the worst feeling ever. So 
I get up and I'm like, well, where's the number of the oil place? We got to do this now, you know, because my, my daughter likes to sleep and I could have put her back down and we couldn't find the number. So, I mean, it was such a bad morning that finally, like my wife and son, my wife takes my son to daycare, takes him to school and me and my daughter and I'm feeding her and I'm freezing and got to make sure she's warm. And I'm like, pe- I'm peeling her a, uh, I'm peeling her the, the peach. I'm cutting her up a peach, and part of the peach falls on the kitchen floor, and like I almost, I like slip on it. it. It was as like what could go wrong this morning went wrong. So finally, um, I stay up and I put my daughter to sleep around ten o'clock, and the oil people still didn't come. I fall asleep, and around like eleven o'clock, I hear the door knocking. I always fall asleep and I get into this unbel- like this this incredible zen you know just good mood tired sleeping just feeling like I'm in the zone my daughter's going to sleep for a couple hours I'm going to get an unbelievable and then knock 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 this guy so he comes in and he looks in the back and he goes oh he actually you know there's like 90 gallons in here I don't know what the so he fills it up and then he turns the heat on and everything and then they call back after he leaves and says yeah you know, we filled it up and everything, but I think it might need to be cleaned out. There's a reason why it shut off on its own. It might shut off on its own again. We've got to reschedule something. So I reschedule to finally fix the thing for tomorrow. And that that's that. You know, that's that's the end of that. Took my daughter to get something to eat. And just now the morning is finally calming down. And I'm able to, to sit here and do the Versi effect for you fine people, you fans, you listeners. So let's get into this thing right now. Uh, the Verzi Effect Podcast Show, as always, is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. Butterfly Radio allows you to listen to all of your favorite podcasts, full-length podcasts, and also sending up to a five-minute audio message to your, the podcasts that are on there. They could send you an audio message back. It's just an awesome option. They have great podcasts on there, podcasts like uh, Jim Florentine, uh, Jay Moore's, uh, Ralphie Mays, uh, Mark Marins, just a, a ton excellent podcasts that you can listen to in, in full length. And you could also go to ButterflyRadio.com and register to start your own podcast today. Put up your pictures, multiple uh, multiple podcasts you could get on there. So Butterfly Radio downloads an awesome, awesome app if you love podcasts. And if you're listening to this, you do. So there you go. There you have it. Podcasts. Podcasts for everybody, Butterfly Radio. I'm going to get into the weekend that was just now. It was, inc- it was, I flew out to El Paso, Texas on Thursday, and I was to open for Bill Burr at the Abraham Chavez Theater in El Paso. And if you listen to Bill's podcast, Bill talked about this too, and I don't want to talk about all the stuff that he talked about, but he was making fun of me about how I was worried about drug cartels in Mexico being near El Paso, because so many people were telling me these fucking stories about watch out and this and that, so I go down there, and I'm fucking worried that we're going to get, I just envisioned like going down there, and we were driving from El Paso to San Antonio, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But I just had this vision of like going on stage in El Paso and like kind of talking about it and then having like people in the crowd and then being like, um, you know, 
Ah, uh, oh, damn it. Hold on one second. I'm sorry, everybody. Hello? Hey, I'm just doing my podcast right now. Yeah, but then they got to come tomorrow to clean it out. I'll explain to you in a sec. Bye. All right. See, I just cut off my wife telling her something important for you guys. I hope you know that. And I didn't go to the pause button. There you go. That's dedication, everybody. With a little bit of a sore throat and being a little horse. I'm here for you. So I just had this vision of like going on stage and, and you know, staying and joking around and then just having like these drug dealers be like, you know, you get the redhead, I'm going to fuck the Italian. Like I, I kept, I kept, I just had these thoughts of like getting kidnapped and, and Burr was joking about it. So you can listen to his podcast. I'm not going to lie. His podcast, he was talking about shit that I was doing and my paranoia and he had me crying. It was really funny, but um. Fuck that, you're listening to my podcast right now. So, fly into El Paso, and uh, they had like all these gift shops, and I didn't realize, but since it's so close to Mexico, like there's this big thing with skulls everywhere. They got skulls. There's 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 skeleton heads, and, and, and there's skeletons, and all, and all kinds of shit, bones, and like creepy death-looking souvenirs. So I go, what the fuck is this? You know, like, why the fuck? So I, I walked up to a lady. I, I wanted to ask. I was like, excuse me, ma'am. Why um, why, why is this all, all skeletons here, skulls? She goes, oh, it's because, well, you know, Mexico, you know, November 2nd, you know, they celebrate the Day of the Dead. And I was just, I was like, okay, <laughs> moving on. I buy a fucking skull. What are you, out of your mind? I don't know. What the fuck do I want that for? So um, I wait at the airport. Bill comes out the airport in a good mood, and, you know, we had cigars, and we had the tickets, because we're going to the Texas A&M game on Saturday, so it starts pouring in El Paso, and um, I'm just so tired, I said to him, I was like, Bill, listen, I gotta go back to the hotel, oh, we got something to eat, by the way, if anybody ever goes to El Paso, Texas, I literally ate at the best place you could eat there, Mexican food, it's called L&J Cafe, we had enchiladas with this green salsa, green chili sauce, it was honest to God, the best, it was the best Mexican food I've ever had in my life. Had steak tacos were really good, but nothing like this enchilada with the green sauce. Epic. Epic. So we eat that, and we go back to the hotel, and I was like, man, you know, the show was like 7.30 or 8 o'clock, and the plan was to go to the hotel, get like three hours, four hours of sleep for me, and then, you know, meet like 7.15 at the hotel lobby, and then go to the gig. So I fall asleep, and it's just I'm just so comfortable, and, you know, hating any voice, anything, just anything other than dark and cold pillows. That's all I wanted was darkness and cold sheets and pillows and to sleep for four or five hours. So I get a call like 5.30 from Bill, and he says, dude, the the gig got, got canceled. It got rained out. And that's never happened before, but apparently certain cities they're not ready for rain like it never rains in El Paso ever so when it downpours the streets flood power goes out so they originally moved our venue but then ultimately had to cancel it so now I took two flights from four o'clock in the morning to go to this fucking place I was afraid of and it gets canceled but we looked at it as Bill said it was like a snow day we go to a bar in El Paso and we're in a good mood, and we are drinking. We got loaded, smoked a cigar, got loaded. 
watch the Jets Patriots game. Had a great time. Get back to the hotel, wake up, get in the car, and we drive seven and a half hours from El Paso to um, San Antonio. And it was one of the sickest drives. I mean, it was the, the it was like a movie. It was like a movie driving through Texas where there was, you know, there was vultures out there, there hawks flying around. You just saw kind of animals on the side of the, you know, these, these flat rock, like plateaus, like just amazing, amazing sights. And, uh, we made a video, made a video that was like cinema, like cinema gold. As far as if you could do anything with your phone better than this, I, I dare you. We did a thing where, um... Bill played this magnificent seven music, like the West shit, and I was taping the, the the mountains, and then I went to him, and he sent a message to a buddy of ours, and then it went back to the mountains, and then the music went back up. It was like a little piece of a movie. It was awesome. We were laughing our asses off. He actually has the clip on his website, so, ch- so check that out, but it's really, really funny. And then we um, we, we just drove... And you know we 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 stopped at some places, and uh, Bill was making fun of me because a guy was looking at me, and I told Bill the guy was looking at me weird at a McDonald's, and I told him I said, "Dude, don't look now." And he does the whole impression of it, and he goes, "Yeah, I think that guy's like mentally challenged. Like I think that guy's retarded that that you're, you're worried about." And and then we went to <laughs> we went to a place, and I'm like, "Look, they got they got hunting hats here, but the hat just said hunting." So we're stopping on the side of the road. I really felt like we were in my cousin Vinny when uh, Ralph Macchio and the other guy, Goldstein or Rosenfeld, whatever the Jewish kid's name is, you know, the one who was with Pesci. He goes, either way, you're getting fucked, that guy. I felt like we were in that. And we stopped at a store, and they had a hat that said hunting. And I go, Bill, look at this hat, man. This just says hunting. we got to take a picture of this. So I put a hat on that said hunting and sunglasses, and then I held like five Slim Jim in each hand. And, <laughs> and Burr looks at me and he goes, he goes, you're mocking them in front of them, like they wear this. And he was talking about the shit on stage. It was so funny. So we get to San Antonio. San Antonio, Texas. Thank you. Quick story before I get to the San Antonio thing. I, I shit my pants literally as a little boy. I was like five or six years old and I was in Long Island. It's connected to San Antonio. We, we, um... I was in Long Island, and we were at my aunt's, and she, we had, there was like, we went to like this big public pool, and there was all these kids running around jumping in the pool, and you know, parents laying in the sun, and they were doing like triv. The lifeguards are doing trivia, and if you got the trivia question right, they give you a lollipop. I remember one of them was like, name one of the Brady Bunch something, and I named it right, and I ran up all excited, and they gave me a lollipop, and I was there with my older brother, who was five years older than me, my brother Christian, and um, there was a scene. In Pee Wee Herman's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And he goes to the Alamo. And there's a scene where the lady says, like, Welcome to the San Ant- Welcome to the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you. And for some reason I found that so funny. And my brother would do an impression of it. So now I gotta I gotta shit. I'm little. I'm like five, six years old, and I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm begging my brother, I'm going, Don't do it, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm gonna. I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. And I'm like waddling over to my mom because I have to go to the bathroom and find a bathroom. And I just hear my brother's voice go, "Welcome to the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you." And I'm laughing so hard I just shit in my pants. 
I just, I just, <laughs> I just instantly just volcano shit my pants because I'm laughing. I'm sorry if you're eating right now. And um, my, I had to run over to my mom. I don't know if I was crying or whatever. Ran over to my mom and she had to take me to the showers and clean me up and do all this and that. So um, I shit my pants because of the word San Antonio or the way the lady said it. Now, we drive and we get to San Antonio. And um, after a seven-hour great, like I said, it was just a great time, you know, laughing, telling stories. I mean, when I tell you we laughed probably, we might have laughed for five, six hours straight. It was just so much fun. And then we get to San Antonio and we're performing at the Leela Cockrell? Leela Cockrell Theater. And it was attached to the, the hotel we were staying in down there. And it was beautiful, like a 2,200-seater. And it was, it was, if it wasn't sold out, it was damn close. It was, it was over 2,000 people. Great venue. And um, amazing time. I had an amazing time on stage. I joked with the people. I told them that I was scared of El Paso. And that I was kind of glad that it got canceled. Because I didn't want to get kidnapped and fucked. By some drug dealer. I, I don't even know. Like, that's, <laughs> that's just the ultimate fear that you're, <laughs> you go to. Uh... You know, that would, that'd be a funny sketch if, like, somebody got kidnapped and you were like, listen, you could kidnap me. You're just not going to fuck me, right? Like, that's all I'm worried about. So, um, what sucked is Burr goes on stage and this place was electric. Electric. If you were at the show and you weren't one of the dickheads, but there, there was just, like, three people that were just so drunk and they kept trying to be, like, these helpful hecklers to Bill. And Bill handled it great and just murdered the set. It was great. But just like these guys, people were getting really upset because these people were ruining it. And people were like, oh, I hope you don't think of El Paso. I mean, I hope you don't think of San Antonio this way. Like, sorry. It was to the point where I was so angry. I wanted to just go out there after the show. Because, you know, I did my set and then I brought Bill up. And then I just went out and I closed the show. And I wanted to just be like, who is the fucking asshole? You know? Who was the asshole? Like, it was a huge event in this place, and Bill hadn't been out there, and, like, you know, people were really anticipating the show and so happy and excited, and, and they were, like, screaming, and it was really comparable to Minnesota. And as I said before, there is no louder place. There's no louder place and no louder comedy fans than in Minnesota. There's great ones. D.C. has some of the best ones. Seattle was amazing. Seattle's up there, too. But as far as like how people, the Minnesota, the people in Minnesota lost their fucking minds. They lost their minds. Like when you get on stage in Minnesota at a packed theater like that, you would think that they thought you were handing out $100 bills to everybody and that you were going to pay their mortgage for the next three months. It was insanity. Crazy shit. And these people were really comparable in San Antonio, but just the, the drunk, couple of drunk animals, you know, that just kind of just didn't know when to shut the fuck up. And a couple of people that have no tact. There's always those young comics that try to interview you when you're there. It's just, I, I get it though. I get it. But anyway, we, the show was great. We had a great time. We really did. And um, after that, we met up with our, our buddies because we were meeting. Uh, we were meeting. A, we were meeting up with my buddy Willis and his buddy Al, and and we just had a great um, night that night too. After the show, we went to the bar at the hotel, had some drinks, laid low, because then the next day was just gonna be absolute, absolute mayhem. 
which was we were getting we were driving to Houston from San Antonio, getting on a party bus, like a booze bus with food and booze to go to College Station to see Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, and the Texas A&M Aggies play uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, if you know uh, Texas beat them, Texas A&M beat them last year. Johnny Manziel wins the Heisman Trophy, only freshman to do it. And and we go and um, we went to Walmart. That's where, like, the bus was picking us up by this Walmart. So I run into Walmart and I get a football and we're throwing the football around and we're waiting to go on this bus. And the bus doesn't show up. And I'm thinking to myself, and I started cursing. I, I, I don't know why, but I just turned into Pesci. I was like, these fucking backyard, these fucking low-life South fucking, the, they're not even going to show and, and then finally the bus just showed up. And I felt like a dick. I was expecting the worst, but we... Um, we get on this bus and they give us like a little like styrofoam thing and it's got brisket on it. It's got some, you know, meat. It's got, you know, beans and all kinds of shit. And then they have coolers of beer that you could drink on the bus. And the bus was kind of empty. It was only us and a few people because they have two rounds of buses. And some people want to get there so early. We got there, you know, like an hour and a half, two hours before the game. And we're drinking. We're having a good time. Um, we smoked. I smoked one of the best cigars I've ever had. I don't know the name of it. It's, uh, oh man, what was it? It was just, it was like one of the most, it was amazing. We're smoking cigars and other people's tailgates. They were giving us a drink. This guy had this drink. They called it, what did they call it? Like summer beer or refreshing beer or I forgot what it was, but um, me and one of the guys that was on the bus, cool dude, Alabama fan, we're walking by and this guy goes, hey, you want to try this beer? And what it was, was they put like 24 Lone Star beers in a Gatorade, in one of those big Gatorade containers. They put six Limeades in there, and they put a bottle of vodka in there. And it was one of the most delicious, refreshing drinks that gets you fucked up and is refreshing and tastes great. It's the best tailgate drink you could have. I'm not even kidding. It's beer, vodka, and a little limeade. It was unbelievable. So we kept leaving our tent where we were tailgating with the people from the bus, and we kept going over there to get some more of that that shit that this guy did. Really nice. And he's like, y'all come back, man, after the game. You hear? We're going we're gonna to make another batch. So we, we were excited. We go into College Station, and we're, we're all we're tuned up. And we go into College Station, and you just see a sea of maroon and white towels going, and the place was going nuts. And we got right in for kickoff, and Johnny Manziel throws these amazing passes. Texas A&M goes up 14-0, and the place was exploding. We're like, oh, my God. And we're just watching the game, and we're so into it. It was just an unbelievable. You don't know football. I, I mean, I'll get into this more. I'll get into the whole story, you know, of the game and, 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 you know, when I get to the sports part of the show. But for anybody who's like me and more of a pro NFL fan, I'm telling you now, you do not know football or, or you do not celebrate football, I should say. I shouldn't say you don't know it, but I'll say you don't celebrate football the way that people in, for SEC college football do. The SEC is the most intense, insane fucking thing. 
You, I, I can't even express to you. These people are tailgating. These people are screaming. They have chants. They sing. It's, it's, it was insane. It was crazy. And you're just sitting there. And you're going, oh my god, this is like people don't get to do this enough. If, if you're in the, if you're, you know. Uh, uh, an East Coast New York sports fan and you haven't really been to a lot of college and you you don't understand, you owe it to yourself because it will make watching it on the TV so much better. College football will give you Saturdays too, Saturdays and Sundays instead of just Sundays. Unbelievable, but I'll get to that afterwards. So um, what happened is we, we finished the game and obviously, you guys know Alabama wins the game. We finish the game. We go back to our tent, and we're drinking a little bit more. And they're like, all right, we're leaving for the bus in an hour. There were two buses. There was an early bus going back and then an 11 o'clock. But nobody wanted to sit in the parking lot for four hours. I mean, people were already drunk. And my thing was a big, big part of this for me was to go see the, um, the Mayweather-Canelo fight. I wanted to see that. So we get on the bus, and unfortunately the bus is not as cool on the way back. The bus is packed with drunk people, people yelling, people talking, and it was just obnoxious. And I was sitting there next to Bill, and Willis was sitting in front of us, and Al was sleeping on the other side. We were just hanging out there, and the, the it was just people yelling and people cursing, and this one dude who was cool on the way there turned into clearly one of these alcoholic guys because he was so cool on the way there. And then on the way back, just like, so why are you being a dick all of a sudden? Why are you being a dick? And I'm just sitting there on this packed bus, and I just want to, you know, I'm drinking some beer, but I just want to get back to the hotel, you know, freshen up, and we were going to go to a bar. We were going to have a cab take us to the bar and uh, go see this Mayweather fight, which I've been looking forward to, and I've been watching the, you know, the Mayweather, Alvarez, all access shit, and I bet, you know, I was, I was talking to my friends all week, I cannot wait for this fight, this is going to be a great fight, so it's like two main events we get in a day, so it's not all the time you get to wake up, start drinking, go to an amazing, go to the college football game of the year, and then come home, go to your nice hotel, and then get dressed, and go out and see this great fight all in Texas when you're flying home the next day. And this fucking guy is just bringing down the phone. Why do you mean a day? And then, like, I was just getting to the point where, like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not trying to be a tough guy, you know, but I'm the type of guy that I'm a nice guy. But if you, if you, you know, if you push me, like, I don't, I don't like it. And then when I get mad, I get really mad. And I'm sitting there, and like the same dude that was cool, like, what, what the fuck? Why? We, yeah, you're fucking. And he just kept saying shit, and he kept like fucking. Like going at me and egging me on, and then I would be like, "What? What do you? What? What's the? Like, ah, oh, man, I just fuck it with you. I just giving you a hard time." And then he would come back again, and then, you know, Burr and 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 Willis and all them are like, "Dad, it's not." And I'm like, "No, nah, dude, I'm about to like, I'm really like." It got to the point where I was like, you know, I I don't I don't want to make this bus ride weird or ugly, but like I, I can't do this shit anymore. Like I can't do it. So finally, the dude said something, and I just was like, "Dude, why?" And I said something. I'm like, why the fuck you're being a fucking idiot, man? You're being an idiot, like nobody. And I just went, you know, went hard. And finally, like the dude stopped, and the dude shut up. But it was, it was one of those guys that, like, one day somebody, like, drunk is gonna really fucking lace this dude up, you know. And and I'm glad it didn't come to that, cause then it would have really fucking ruined the night. But it still brought the night down. It really sucked. And um, you know, it, it was it, it was fuck a sh- it was the definition of a shit show. There's nothing worse than somebody whose personality changes that much 
for un- when drinking. You know what I mean? Like they're cool and you're like, oh, this is cool. And then you think when they get drunk, they'll even be funnier. I like those drunk people. I like the drunk people that, you know, they're so cool and down to earth and logical. And you're like, man, I really like this guy. This guy gets it. And then they get really hammered and they're kind of that same guy, but they're just funnier and telling jokes. Not the people that like get really like they try to egg you on and do that. Like that reminds me of like just some like drunk abusive shit and and I don't like it. And that's why I had to fucking finally say something. And then I'm glad it didn't escalate because it would have been ugly for everybody if it did. So um, the bus ride back kind of sucked and we finally got off. And uh, we get off, and we go to the hotel, and we try to get the fight, and we're in the Sheridan Hotel, and our our cab never comes. Our cab never comes, and finally Bill and Al go, fuck it, man, we're just going to eat here and go to bed. And me and Willis are like, fuck that, no, we're going. We were on a mission. I will go to a bar, we're going to a bar, and, and I kept saying to the guy, man, how is there not a cab here? And it starts getting later. And I'm like, why is this night turning into this? Everything was good until we got on this stupid bus. And now we get home and all kinds of shit, man. And, and we couldn't even get to the fight. And finally, Willis and I just decided to, um, we went. We uh, Willis was uh, sober enough to drive. And uh, we went to just like a yard house. And we got a burger and we just watched ESPN. And we just had to watch the bottom of it to see who was winning the round by round but we never got to see the fight and that was the end of the um that was the end of the night and then I came home and I went in the room and I just passed out and I had to wake up so early and get on an airplane the nice thing was I slept I slept on the um I slept on the airplane on the way back to get to New York and uh it was just I mean it wasn't like I put my body through so much shit that I was miserable, but it was just like, go, 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 and then just, it stopped, and I couldn't breathe. Like, I was, like, I I couldn't breathe. Like, I was, I, I know I was snoring. Burr was like, because we, we had this uh, double queen bedroom, and, like, Bill had to fly out at, like, one, and I had to fly out early. And he's like, Verzi, Verzi, you're snoring. And... I, I mean, obviously, I was fucking drunk, and of course I was, but I knew why I was snoring. I literally couldn't breathe. It was so dry, and I was so dehydrated from drinking the whole day, so I could not breathe through my nose. So I must have been snoring like a fucking bear. I just couldn't breathe through my nose, and then I get out to the, um, I think I, I, I'm almost positive Burr goes, motherfucker, in the middle of the night, but I can't, I can't remember. And I go out to the airport, and... I really, you know, I want to talk about this thing, the morning people, because even like the guy who drove me to the airport was like up and nice. And he had a nice navigator truck. That is really nice. It was a navigator. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln navigator, right? And he's just like fucking happy, man. And I'm not. I'm not fucking happy in the morning. I don't care. Like, even if I got my rest, like, I need to process my day. I need to fucking have my meal. I need to maybe get a coffee. I need things to happen. I can't, I can't just wake up and be these fucking, hey, you know, there's nothing worse in this world than that shit. There's nothing worse. They're like, hey, everybody ready? Oh, man, get that. Come on, man. Smile. You're up. We're up. Don't be a morning person. You know, don't be that not morning person. Come on. And you want to just fucking take them by the back of their neck and like just turn their head 
just so when you fucking throw it into the corner, it cracks their Adam's apple where they can't breathe. So like, I like that's what I want to do until 11 o'clock in the morning. It, it's the most annoying thing. It's almost, I almost think it's, it's not courteous and disruptive to people to, to be like that. Now, granted, my friends laugh a lot at me when they see my face in the morning because I need time. So they all, they look at me and like, I've, you know, they always say, I've never seen somebody like this. You know, my mother will tell you, my, my family will tell you, I'm not. I was born. I was born to be up late. I was. Okay. I said it once and I'll say it again. The early bird may catch the worm, but he's fucking exhausted the rest of the day. Okay. The late bird has his shit together and is, is rested. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm in this Lincoln Navigator and the guy, he didn't talk though. He wasn't a guy that kept talking, but he was a guy like if I would have kept talking and here on top of it, I'm tired. I don't want to talk. And when he did talk, it was really low. So I tried to listen to him and it got to the point where he didn't pick up that I wasn't hearing him. So I just would yes him. To, he could have said anything. He could have been like, yeah, I'm going to the airport too and I'm going to fucking blow up your plane. And I'd be like, oh yeah. All right, man. That's cool. Nice weather out here. Like, it, that's what it was. That's what it was. It was just so tired. You know, the, the Texas A&M game and, the, you know, the drive. I didn't have to drive, but just, you know, I mean, like, I can't complain. I got lugged around doing amazing shit, which anybody would want to do. So uh, I get to the airport. I hop on this American Airlines thing. Nice. Easy through security. And here was the best part. American Airlines, I was in row 11. I had a window seat, and it was the three seats, and nobody was in my seat. Nobody was in the seats. So the plane wasn't full, so I kind of stretched out, and I, I slept for three hours on the plane. I almost didn't feel the flight. Awesome. Awesome time. Nothing better than going on an airplane for a flight and sleeping on it and not even feeling that you're on a, not even feeling the flight. Before you know it, you wake up and you're 25 minutes until you're, till you land. And I didn't, uh, yeah, there's certain times, like, I don't like how certain pilots descend, you know, because certain pilots do it differently. On the flight, the first flight, I had to take two flights to El Paso. On the first one, he was like one of those fast descenders. So when we were like making final approach, like he was a guy that stayed up high and then came in real hot. So I'm like, oh shit, man. I started hearing, we're like, we're pointed down and you hear the engines. I'm like, this is fucked up. Like, this has to borderline be how it feels if you were like starting to crash. So I'm freaking out. And then he finally levels off. Second one, nice and easy. Guy came in and just stayed down, you know, stayed level. And then the third one, which was the last flight coming home, just way too many turns coming into JFK. You know when you're coming on the final approach and they turn and he hits it hard left and then he levels out and he hits it hard left again and he levels out and hits it hard left again. I just want to say to him, like, yo, fucking, can we start further back so it's just a nice gradual fucking drop instead of you turning into, it was a fucking stunt show, an air show? I didn't like it. A couple of them hit the ground hard. I like nice takeoffs. Although I have to say, really nice takeoff on the first one. There's certain jets. If matter, if Joe Matarese is listening to this, he's laughing his ass off because he knows I judge the jets. On, he thinks I, I told him once that I think JetBlue has the best takeoffs, and he just started laughing. But I, it, it, it is actually the pilot. 
It's actually the pilot. The pilot can make your trip. Like if the pilot's just like, ah, you know what, man, I've been doing this too long. I know what I'm doing. If if these people can't handle it, like, there's some, and then there's some people that are like, no, we really want these people to enjoy this and like it, and we're gonna make it good and enjoyable, and we're gonna make it memorable and all that stuff. And you know, it just it just depends. I remember one time I got shit faced in first class going to Atlanta, and I was so happy and drunk and having fun, and I go. I remember going, uh, oh my God, that might, might be the greatest flight ever. To the, I told the pilot, I go, oh, what a, what an unbelievable flight and takeoff. He goes, even with that horrible landing I did, I was like, oh, it was unreal. I, I you know, I, I take my flying, like I, I judge my flying, I judge the jets. I like the, um, what is it, the, the 717s or the, is it a 717? I like the ones that are kind of smaller, the ones that the football teams use. I think uh, Air Tran uses them to Atlanta. They say, and they, uh, the, the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons use it. Nice takeoffs, real smooth, easy up, easy down. I like them. I don't like when you, you know. All right, sorry. I kept going on a rant here about fucking flying in an airplane. So I get home, and what do I do? I land at 2.30 at uh, John F. Kennedy Airport in beautiful Queens, New York. It's a shithole. And my buddy, Pete Davidson, shout out to Pete Davidson. Great kid, great young comic, love this kid. Um, really funny kid. You know Pete, Pete's on Guy Code, and uh, Nick Cannon's wiling out. I meet Pete. I mean, another great dude, great comic, Mike Shea, Michael Shea, and uh, Pete's buddy, John, uh, hometown buddy. So I drive, but but this is what happened now. So I land, and the game starts at 420, 4.15, 4.20. I land, I get to my car at 3. I go, Pete, I'm on my way. I'm, and so I'm, I'm going, so I'm not even going home. My wife knew, my kids knew. I go, I'm going straight from the airport. So I went to the Texas A&M game the day before. I get to the airport. I'm going straight to Giants Broncos. And I had an hour and 15 minutes and thought I was going to be fine. I sat in traffic for over two hours. I got through the, what was it? The, the Midtown Tunnel was jam-packed, took me forever. Then when I got into Manhattan, I was stuck in Manhattan for another hour because I had to go through the Lincoln Tunnel. Then when I got through the Lincoln Tunnel, I came back, had to get on Route 3, had to make sure that I merged and do all that stuff, and I got to the stadium. But I told him I'm coming, and I'm texting him. I'm going, I'm so sorry because Pete's a season ticket holder, and I'm, I'm just, I'm anxious. I'm pissed. I don't want to, I want to get there, you know? I don't want to fucking make my friends worry about it, and they got to come down and get me and give me the ticket. And they were totally cool. They're like, yeah, we're just watching the game, and they were, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, and they didn't really give a shit, but I wanted to be there. So finally, I, I get to the stadium. I pull up. And I start to go into the entrance of the gates closed. I'm like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, the security told me to go here. Like, no, you got to come here. But I didn't have to pay for parking. They go, go ahead, you're good. And I go in and I just fly right up to the gate. Everybody's already parked. And I illegally parked my car, almost blocking a whole lane of cars. I just made my own spot, didn't give a shit. Run out, get in touch with Pete. I go, hey, man, I'm at the general admission. Pete comes down after like five, ten minutes. 
gives me a ticket, go in, immediately get a beer, say what's up to those guys, go in, start watching the game. It's the end of the, it's the beginning. It's like a couple minutes into the second quarter. Unbelievable seats. Great seeing, you know, Peyton and all that shit. And the Giants just start getting shit on. So we go out and we're drinking more beers and, and, um, it just, it just turned into a, it was just, you know, the Giants got shit on, so we decided to go out and wait in the parking lot, and luckily, I brought my football that I brought to Texas A&M, and we started throwing a football around this parking lot for a good hour while people were finding out, just bombing it, and it was good. Pete Davidson, you've heard him on my, you've heard him on the podcast before, funny kid, you'll be seeing Pete, man, he's real, kid is killing it, catching a football, he's like 6'2", but I'm just throwing him, I'm throwing him, you know, bombs, and he's catching them one hand, jumping around, and then you know, like, when you're, like, a little drunk, and, like, I'm athletic, and I played, you know, played sports, you know, like, when you start, you really start getting into it, so he's taking his shirt off, wrapping it around his head, he's running around in a wife beater, I'm like, go along, we're throwing the ball to strangers, we start running patterns, so, and Mike Shea just sat in the car looking at us, like, with that... He had that black guy looking at buzzed white guy look on his face. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I was like, man, this kid's running around like an animal. He's like, yeah, he's 20 years old. <laughs> but um, that was an awesome time. It was a nice way to cap the, the weekend and gave me a better taste of football, the end of a football game uh, after that shit show on the bus. So, anyway. That was the... Um, that was the weekend, and I get home, and I passed out. The nice thing was my son and my uh, wife were waiting at the door for me at like 10.30, and my son was so happy to see me, and I had such a good time with, with him for, you know, like an hour, and then it just passed out on the new mattress, and that was the weekend. Wow, that took 41 minutes, and I got a lot more shit to talk about. It's the Verzi Effect Podcast Show with your host, me, Paul Verzi, episode 127, sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. Let's get into the Texas A&M game. Texas A&M game. Let's talk some football. Johnny Manziel is like a video game. He gets in and out of trouble. He's making unbelievable passes. But the story of that game was Alabama just manhandled. The offense, like the the defensive line, they just pushed them back, pushed them back. They did everything, you know. They just manhandled them. That's what they did. Every, you know, they they scored five unanswered touchdowns. They were getting ten yards at a clip. And I give A and M credit. They kept fighting back. They kept fighting back. I mean, he threw a pick six after the half, and they ended up losing the game by a touchdown. So they they definitely can put points on the board. They're definitely a really good team. But Alabama's offensive line, which I found out three of their starters on the offensive line are going to be first-round picks in the NFL. And that's pretty much how it is all the time. So Crimson Tide, Nick Saban, would have liked to have seen them lose, but they're really good, man. They're, they, I mean, two-time national. I mean, I think they won it three out of four years or some ridiculous thing like that. They're they're amazing. and um, But this kid, Johnny Manziel, this kid is a real deal. Like, you're watching, like, I'm watching, like, you're watching – one of I'm realizing I'm watching one of the greatest college football quarterbacks of all time when I'm watching him, and he's only in the second game of or third game of his season of his sophomore season. I mean, he runs around like an animal. He's just he's awesome. 
He's just awesome football player to watch. I urge everybody watch a Texas A&M game because his performance alone is worth it. It's insane to watch. So, you know, and it was just such a great experience to be there. We had such a good time. Um, Willis Whalen and Al put six beers in a fucking big mug and they drank the whole thing on the way to the game. They had one of these like um, big jugs or, you know, like baby kegs that were mugs and they fit six beers in them and they put ice cold, six ice cold beers in them and they drank the whole thing. It's, it was unbelievable. They were walking around happy and excited, but they were walking around. <laughs> oh, man. So fun. So much fun. So much fun. You guys, anybody, you have to do yourself a favor and get a couple of buddies, pick an insane college football team, and, and pick it to go to. Like, go to it. I want to go to Notre Dame and something like, you know, Notre Dame and a USC, something like that. That would just be, but that was great. And the Giants, you know, Eli threw seven interceptions. But he made a good point in the in the post game. He's like, "Yeah, we're down three or four touchdowns. I'm going to throw bombs and try to make something happen, and it's going to get picked off." So I mean, that you got to count that into you know put that into consideration. Uh, Brandon Jacobs back as a Giant was weird to see number thirty four. Didn't look like the same player. And uh, Victor Cruz is awesome. He's like unguardable. I just I just think. Oh, my prediction was wrong, by the way, because I said Broncos and. Um, well, I said Broncos and 49ers would go to the Super Bowl. I still believe that. But I, I thought that the Niners were going to beat Seattle. I really did, and, and that did not happen. Seattle was all over them. Seattle's defensive backs are great. Seattle's good. I just think my question with Seattle is, are they the same team on the road? You know, if the Seahawks can do what they do at home on the road, then, yeah, I mean, then then listen, you gotta you got to put them in for – you got to put them in for a – you know, Super Bowl contention. I just think that they're different on the road when they don't have that loud stadium. I do think it takes a little bit of a way, a little bit away. Kaepernick is insane, and I think that they're going to bounce back. God be with who plays the 49ers next week. That's a lock. I don't give a fuck if that spreads 19 and a half. Take it. Who is the San Francisco 49ers playing next week? Because whoever it is is going to get punished. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Peyton looked amazing. Giants just sloppy on defense, giving up, you know, giving up big plays. You know, it just, the Giants just didn't look good. Hopefully they could bounce back and at least go one and two after next week playing the Panthers. Um, looks like the Yankees are two and a half games back with only two weeks left. So who knows what the hell is going to happen with that. I, I think I might just just to see if it gets interesting. Um, Robinson Cano said that it's in God's plan for the Yankees to make the playoffs, which, you know, yeah, God and $200 million. million. But I, you know, of course I'm rooting for the Yankees, and if they made a run, as much as I didn't watch baseball this year and I don't watch the Yankees, I would say that if the Yankees made it to the playoffs and started to go on a run, I would go nuts and get really excited with that, but... Um, and luckily for the Giants, everybody in their division lost. The Cowboys lost. The Eagles lost. So even though the Giants are zero and two, if they win next week, they could kind of be you know right back in the 
right back in the thick of things. And I think Eli will bounce back. I, I don't necessarily know what the Giants are going to do, but I think that they'll bounce back and, and they'll they'll turn it into a decent season. I think they just have too much talent on offense to not do that. And they played an absolute beast of a team in the, in the Denver Broncos who look ridiculous. And uh, how about the Steelers last night? They're 0-2. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I was at that stadium, Cincinnati Stadium, last year. It was a really nice stadium. We'll see what happens. But uh, that's it. That's pretty much it for sports. Some football. Some, uh, you know, like I said, catch catch a game in a college town and just try to have nothing planned the next day because you're going to, I mean, you, you could tailgate. There were people tailgating Texas A&M, Alabama like a day and a half, like a day and a half before. Just, it, it's It's absurd. But awesome all at the same time. And um, the whole time we were driving in Texas, Bill and I were doing accents. We were doing accents the whole time. He was going, um, you know, we were just like, uh, I was like, Johnny Manziel, man. Johnny Manziel, you know he's throwing four touchdowns. And Bill would go, five. He's throwing five. And then Willis go, and he's running for two. <laughs> He throwing fast to Johnny Manziel, man. Johnny football. Tell you what, man. You ain't never seen you ain't never seen a freshman and then a sophomore like that. This is the best best year I ever seen in my life. Texas football. Texas football is the greatest thing since beer and pussy. In that order, too. We were just fucking around, just having a great time doing it. We, we, <laughs> we uh, somebody said that there's a high school Texas team that just added 10,000 seats to its stadium. It's high school. They added 10,000. High school. My high school in upstate New York had like 10 to 12 people. <laughs> probably, no, seriously, probably like 150, 200 people. Not down here. Texas, fuck no. Okay, because we throw the ball, we run the ball, and we tackle better than anybody down here in Texas. You can bet your bottom dollar that one, boy. You just take your Yankee ass back to New York, okay? With your little football giants. Bet your football giants can't stop Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. Sorry if you're from Texas and you think I'm mocking you. I'm just I just think it's funny to talk like that. I wanted to get a cowboy hat and some cap guns and just start shooting them out the window. Go yeehaw! We can do some comedy, watch some football. What the fuck we gonna do? All right, let's get into movies. I'm not done, folks. We got time. We're 50 minutes in. We got some time. It's the Verzi Effect Podcast Show, Episode 127. I'm holding my son's Michelangelo. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are making a comeback. Coming out of the movie next year. My son's going to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle for Halloween, and I think I'm going to be one with him. Oh, that'd be weird. Maybe I'll dress up like the big rat. <laughs> Just a big fucking rat in a, in a, in a maroon robe wearing, holding a stick. A little beard. 
I saw the movie Iceman, everybody. I had the DVD Iceman, and I saw it on the plane on the way to El Paso. And I was so into this movie. And I got to say, the movie was great. I loved the movie. The movie was really good. Michael Shannon's acting as the guy was amazing. I really liked it. Here's what, the only thing that I'd have to say is in real life, and I know Hollywood has to do this, but the movie almost makes you root for him and his family, but he's a cold-blooded murderer. He killed 100 people, you know? This guy, like, slit people's throats, and, like, he got off doing it. He really loved to do it. And it says in real life, like, he, you know, he would, like, beat cats to death with shovels when he was young, and then after that, he, you know, at 14 years old, I think he killed his first person at 14. So this was, like, in him. He was a maniac, and the movie made it seem like he was just some family man who would just get a phone call and be like, oh, honey, I'm going to go get some groceries and then go kill a bad guy and come back. The movie did make it seem like that a little bit. Not a lot, but like, and I guess they have to do it for Hollywood, but um, when you find out like the real guy, you know, he was a maniac, like homicidal, like I think he had issues with his dad. I think his dad beat the shit out of him. I think there was no love in his life, you know, and then, you know, and then he met, you know, and then I think the only love, but they also made it seem like he was real gentle and good with his daughters. And I heard in real life, like he threatened his wife and did shit like that. I don't know. Who knows if that's true, but anyway, it was a good movie. It was a good movie, and I liked it. I just, you know, the Hollywood version is is definitely something that, you know, they have to always kind of embellish a little bit. Like he's opening a Christmas present, and then he's just like, oh, hold on, honey, I'm going to go go to the store and get more eggnog. And then he just fucking offs three cops and comes back. <laughs> Sorry it took long. I was... Uh, but I saw Iceman. I would definitely recommend. Acting wise, it's amazing. Acting wise, it's amazing. The story is really good. I mean, the story there is a ton of true stuff in it. But like I said, I mean, it was definitely Hollywood up a little bit, which it had to be. They could they couldn't obviously do it exactly like that because when there is a character, the main character, some part of the crowd has to root for it. Now I don't know all the details to the guy's life. But I know that a lot of the stuff that the movie showed wasn't real. And uh, that's my movie review. I would say definitely, I'm glad, now that I see that, I'm glad I didn't see it in the theater. I mean, I would have loved to see it at the theater at the time. Glad I waited, glad I got it on DVD, Iceman. It'll make for a good night to watch watch the movie. I would read up on it and, and, and watch his interviews and stuff. And that's it, there you have it. Uh, that's it. That's that's the movie. Iceman and... Uh, oh, we got out of that one quick. I didn't realize. What else are we going to talk about? How about we talk about Johnny Football? I know that's what I want to talk about. Boy can slang that football, man, can't he? He sure as hell can. You see that fourth and... You see that fourth and three? No one else goes for that. Johnny Football don't care where he is on the... On the on a football field, he's going to get that three yards. Yeah, he is. Going to get that three yards and not care what he ate the night before. You know what I mean? You ever hear those people with those accents say some shit and you have no idea what they're talking about? Like, yeah, man, he ran out like a like a hog in a lawnmower. You're like, the fuck? 
Did dude just say a hog and a lawnmower? I like that scene in Talladega Nights where right after he goes, Amen. And he goes, Man, you hit that like a split hog. And he goes, I'm not going to lie to you. It felt good. Because, Dad, you made that grace your bitch. All right, everybody. It was a crazy weekend. I got some stuff coming up. I got some stuff coming up this week. Um, I'm really excited about this. Uh, Friday night, September, Friday night, September 20th is um, the anniversary show at The Stand. And I'm, I'm honored to be the first person. I'm the first person to ever hold a microphone and step on that stage. And I'm the first person to ever tell a joke in The Stand. I'm the first person to ever curse at The Stand. I'm, you know, so it, it, when I say it's like my home club and, and it's, you know, it really is like from the beginning is amazing. And I'm hosting an amazing show Friday. Um, the lineup is insane. Check out the... The lineup may be changing, but I know it's going to be unbelievable, um, so check that out. But I'm hosting that on Friday night, um, September 20th, so check that out. If you're in New York City and you're listening to this, I could tell you that show will be sold out. To the, I mean, that's going to be nuts. There's going to be food. It's going to be insane, so um, that should be a good one. I mean, I'm hosting it, so you know, I'm not doing a long set, just bringing up some funny folks, but... Then, um, so that'll be good. That's the anniversary show. I didn't even realize that it went that quick. Then I will be doing a show. When am I doing? Oh, then then I'm doing a fun, I'm doing an autism fundraiser in Jersey the next day. And, um, October, the headlining date that I got, the next headlining date that I got on the road, I'm going to be headlining Carolina Comedy Club. October 20th through the 26th. No, I'm sorry. That's wrong. I will be at the Carolina Comedy Club October 22nd through the 26th. Down there in South Carolina. We got the Confederate flags and all. No, I'm going to be down there. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just still in this stupid accent mode. October 22nd. To the 26th Carolina Comedy Club with my good buddy, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Lawhead. Uh, We are going to have a blast. Jason is dangerous for me because it's going to involve golf, cigars, whiskey, staying up late all while I have to work and make people laugh but he has to work and make people laugh too so we're in it together we're in it together buddy it's gonna be like butch and sundance going down just going down the desert there the horses wind flying through our hair holding our hat to our heads so we don't blow off shooting at 45 we got yeehaw me and lawhead are going to be in the, uh, <laughs> are going to be at the Carolina Comedy, Carolina Comedy Club in Myrtle Beach, which is located at Broadway at the beach, which is a great place. Um, a ton of, you know, people that go down there, go to the beach, and it's a big tourist attraction, but it's, it's a good tourist attraction. It's, it's not, it's not a shit show tourist attraction. A lot of the people from the Northeast, good people civilized people from the northeast 
I love performing down south and looking in the parking lot and seeing like Connecticut and New York and Jersey plates and um you know just a nice mix you get people from boston but then you get people from georgia that that's what performing down in myrtle beach is like so it's going to be real good and i know me and jason are going to have a good time if you're in the area please come out and if you listen to the Verzi effect and you have butterfly radio if you subscribe to butterfly radio and leave me a butterfly radio message and i'm in your town let me know and i will hook you up with some comp tickets how about that come out and see me and jason lawhead in myrtle beach we're going to be doing uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two shows on Friday, and two shows on Saturday. It's a lot of shows. It's going to be a great time. And that's going to be right after we come back. Right, We're going to leave from South Carolina basically right after we go to Bill Burr's wedding, which is going to be... Uh, the food's going to be sick. We're going to come and then we're going to come home and then the next day we got to wake up early in the morning and drive to South Carolina. So it's going to be definitely a, a rat race. But it's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward, looking forward to performing with my buddy and doing the new jokes. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, man. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not being an arrogant ass here. New material's working, working pretty good. I had a great time in in San Antonio busting out these new jokes, and um, just just talking to him, man. Just talking to the people, busting out the new jokes, being real. Really fun. So that's pretty much it. I just thought of a joke before and I can't think of it. That's one of the worst things for a comedian to have happen is to, to you think of something really funny and then you can't, you can't remember what you said. You should have just wrote it down and you don't because you're an asshole. Oh, it's 4.15. I got to wake my daughter up. And I have to go get my son from daycare. So this is a good time to end the podcast. This has been episode 127. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Episode 128 may have a guest, but you know the rules. Got to come to the house. You hear that? Any comedians listening, I want you on the show. You got to come to my house to do it. And that's it. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Keep the comments coming on. Um, keep the comments coming on iTunes. Download it. Uh, get me on uh, Podbean. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V I R Z I. If you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you. No, I don't always do Texas accents. It all depends on my mood. And uh, spread the word about the show, everybody. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And uh, until next week, I will. Uh, I'm out of here. I'll talk to you guys soon.